From American Falls to Milad, we've got the biggest stories in District 5 covered. This is the Southeast Idaho PrepCast with Jordan Kay. Welcome into another edition of the Southeast Idaho PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com, breaking down all the biggest stories that happened in District 5 over the past week. Brandon Manning joined by Jordan Kay from the Idaho State Journal. Jordan, what's up? Not much. Hanging in there. How about you? Yeah, the same. You were a yeah, busy guy last week. You had Thursday night football, Friday night football, yeah. college football, Saturday. Uh, yeah, Idaho State had to play at 8.30 p.m., which was awesome. <laughs> What's, uh, what, what ended up being the final score of that game? I kind of was casually 49, watching. 49-10, to 10, but it was a lot closer than that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And apparently that Nevada quarterback's like projected to go number one, which I didn't know, so not a, not a terrible loss. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to say this too loudly because I know we have so many Boise State fans, you know, that watch. But I think Nevada is going to win the Mountain West this year. Really? <laughs> we'll see. But State's got a big one, too, this week. Oklahoma State on the blue. Yeah, that'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's college football. We're going to yeah. focus more on. We'll bring it back into the high school ranks here. Uh, so, yeah, we talked about you were busy because uh, all of the Pocatello schools actually play. Yeah. On Thursday night last week, it was a doubleheader inside Holtz Arena. Pocatello was up first. They beat Jackson Hole, Wyoming, yeah. 46 to 20. And then you had Highland uh, running rough shot over Century in that rivalry game, 45 to 6. What were your big takeaways from those two games? Uh, for Pocatello, I mean, the real thing, there was a couple. One, they they brought back Julian Bowie, who's, you know, a stud basketball player, like, you know, little over 6'1, kind of a big kid, but. He, I remember seeing him and I said, what's up? Like after the, uh, gosh, there was the first game at Madison they played and he was just in street clothes. And then I guess he got the itch to come back and has been practicing for the last two weeks, ends up catching a 50 yard touchdown down the field. And you're like, well, Pokey just got another weapon all of a sudden. Uh, that was interesting. And then just to see their defensive line against, you know, a Wyoming team that had been pretty touted. I know they were a, uh, you know, somewhat of a 4A school in Wyoming, I believe, how their numbers stack up. And mm-hmm. it's a good team, good competition, and they just, you know, steamrolled them in the trenches. So that was very impressive. And then the Highland game, it's tough to judge because Bruin Fleischman wasn't playing for Century. So you just take away your best, their best player. All of a sudden, it's just not not exactly a fair matchup. And so, you know, the Highland, or the Century offense really struggled to get anything going. The Highland pass rush was too good, too dominant. They could break through the holes. They could get to McKee and Romriel just about as quickly as they wanted. And then, you know, on the offensive side, we've now seen Highland put up over 40 points in the last two weeks. But, you know, I think there's even room for Jack Whitmer, their quarterback, to improve accuracy-wise. You know, that first quarter, I think he, he struggled a little bit. He even said, you know, there's a little little nerves, got to just settle down a little bit. But right before the half, he hits, you know, Kevin Dahlstrom, who was – you know, playing because uh, one of the receivers, Jackson Schumann, was injured. Hits him on a 60-yard touchdown, then a 50-yard touchdown. All of a sudden, Highland goes into half, no problems, and then they just roll to a big win. So those were a couple of the things I noticed on the Thursday games. I guess the biggest takeaway I have is Sentry is losing guys. Highland yeah. is losing guys. Pokey is adding guys. <laughs> yeah, well, not one. necessarily because – in that game, uh, you know, their quarterback, Ryan Payne, went out with uh, a shoulder injury. And so he he went to the hospital like right afterwards. And 
got x-rays and it wasn't broken, but they're not sure, you know, what, what it's looking like or if he's going to be able to play against Highland this week. So that's kind of an up in the air thing. What's nice for Pocatello is if Payne, you know, somehow can't play, they do, we're able to get, you know, Drake Contreras, their sophomore, a couple snaps actually played the entire second half against Jackson Hole. So when you look at that experience, you're like, okay, you know, he looked pretty poised and I know Pocatello had a big lead. So it's, you know, tough to say exactly how much of a pressure situation he was thrust into, but he looked good. He, he looked poised. He relied on his running game and he was able to hit guys um, in stride when he had to pass. So that's the positive, but you know, if they, they don't have Ryan Payne, that, that would be a tough loss. For sure. And I was curious if, if uh, they didn't have pain, would they move Zach Park from yeah. or back to quarterback? That's what he played last year, but it sounds like they're yeah. going to keep him where he's at. Yeah. Cause that was what I was kind of surprised. You know, I actually don't. I suppose they could move Zach Park over, but the, if you're going to play Drake Contreras like in the second half, I'm guessing that he's just the number two guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was also wondering that when Payne went went out, like who's the backup? And I guess it's the sophomore. Yeah, Dre was uh, on the on the varsity team last year, uh, kind of yeah. at the end of the year as a freshman. Um, but but they gave him like they just handed him a number. I think he was like number like thirty seven or <laughs> he had a number in the thirty. So it was really weird to see him come in at quarterback in the at the end of a couple of games last year. I assume he has a more traditional QB I number this year. If I remember, it's two, which is okay. cooler than than thirty seven or whatever. So yeah. yeah, he's moving up. For sure. And then, yeah, I was really surprised when I read your recap of the game and I saw Julian Bowie. I was like, I, yeah, I didn't think he was on the team, but he's not even so. in the program. He's actually just like throwing somehow they got his picture in there, but he's like on the outside. So I'm not sure if he's photoshopped in there or not, mm. but he's not on like the numerical roster. I was like, oh, this is, you know, I just imagine the Jackson Hole coaches being like, who the heck is this kid? All of a sudden he just hops in streaks down the sideline for a 50 yard touchdown they just got to be like looking at the program like where did this guy come from so that that was what i found pretty entertaining yeah i think that's happening to a lot of teams around the state the rosters are in flux and so yeah for sure uh let's talk about so pocatello on the on the yes. strength of that three and zero start and they looked really really good they were the number one team in the media yeah. poll this week for 4a football how about that yeah. That was surprising. Um, I had them at two just behind Skyline. The The only reason be, being that, you know, I don't think it's fair to drop Skyline for losing to the best 5A team in the state. Like, you're not supposed to win that game. And they hung tough. And I thought that was, you know, as good of a loss as you can possibly have in high school football. So I just didn't feel like I, you know, I could drop them. Um, but others did. And Pocatello jumped up to number one. And I think it just adds more intrigue to this black and blue bowl this week. Cause you look at this Highland Pocatello rivalry, but realistically for the last decade, it hasn't been, it's been one-sided Highlands won the last 10 and you go into 2021 Pocatello has all this hype, new logo, new quarterback, you know, new enthusiasm. And, you know, it seems like they have this momentum that, Oh man, there's people like, wow, could they pull the upset? But it's, I mean, it's the same old Highland team that is great every year, has guys on the line who are 20 pounds, 30 pounds heavier than, you know, the Pocatello alignment. And you're, you're still like, wow, this is still, you know, a bigger team, you know, maybe a, I don't know, a faster team, but, you know, a bigger team at least. And, 
I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But, man, now it's seeing the number one 4A team against the number four 5A team. Wow. I mean, that's that's as good of a matchup as you could have expected. Yeah, I think the 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 one key for Pocatello is going to be how does their offensive line handle yeah. Colvin and Lamson and, and that really stout Highland defensive line. And if they can hold their own, I'm not saying win the battle necessarily, but do enough to to give those skill guys enough time to do what they need to do, then I think Pokey can be right in the game. But Highland does have the size advantage, especially on the lines. So that'll be key. A hundred percent. And I what's working for Pocatello is they all play like they're bigger. You look at their defensive line and their offensive line. I mean, those guys go all out every play. They play physical. They play hard. They run to the ball. They swarm ball carriers. When you or if you're going to pull the upset, you need your effort and your you know tenacity, all that to be at 110%. And I think Pocatello, regardless of who they play, you know they're going to get give that. So if there's any chance at an upset, you know, you feel good about that Pocatello team knowing that you're going to get there, they're all, and, and they're going to be pretty, pretty fierce. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun black and blue bowl for sure. You mentioned Highlands kind of owned it lately, really since the split, right? Since Highlands stayed at 5A and Pocatello went to 4A. I will say historically um, that when Pocatello does beat Highland, in this matchup, it usually means it's a really deep playoff run for Pocatello. And I think even yeah. like a championship season yeah. uh, in the mid two thousands. So that's going to be what's on the line there. And Pokey fans are excited. It's, it's weird. Pocatello is kind of like in the NFL, like, like the, uh, like the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I feel like when the Cowboys are good, it's good for the entire league. It's a better yeah. product to the NFL. When Pocatello high is good in football, I think it's better for the entire state in terms of four, a football. Yeah, it's weird. Like you'll go into uh, like restaurants or something and people like I've gone into a bar and like this guy was just talking to me about the the game. And I was like, whoa, this is really weird. Like, you know, we're still like six days away or five days away from this high school football game. And like people around here like really care about it. And it's so cool to see that there is this ingrained passion. And you're right with all the tradition and history of you know Pocatello in this city. Everyone cares, and that's why I think it's going to be so interesting and so fun, and it'll probably be the most people I've ever seen in Holt um, by a lot. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. We'll get we'll get a report on that uh, yeah. next yeah. week on if the conditions, uh, the the atmosphere improved, yes. or not. Okay, so so those that's where you were Thursday. You were at Holt Arena for all the yes. Pocatello schools. Then Friday, uh, yeah. Holt Arena was being used, but it was mostly District Six teams. So you actually went out and watched the good old rivalry game between Blackfoot and Snake River. The Broncos end up winning thirty-five to twenty-one. What yeah. were your takeaways there? The first half, Snake River just looked like a completely different team, and I watched them the week before against Westside. They sh everything they struggled with offensively. Couldn't run the ball. They couldn't didn't have enough time to pass. Their defense looked out of sorts against the, the wing T. And all of a sudden, Snake River comes out their first two drives. And I believe they scored on their first two drives, took an early 14-0 lead. And it just looked like, okay, this is the Snake River offense that scored 57 points against Kimberly. Zach Staley, Carson Hawker were just dominant running the ball. Cole Gilbert just looked so comfortable in the pocket. He understood that when, you know, things broke down, he was going to run. He picked up a ton of yards, ton of first downs. And then all of a sudden, it just seemed like Blackfoot settled down a little bit. They realized, okay, here's what 
Snake River's wing T is trying to do. Here's how we can stop it. Offensively, hey, let's just keep running the ball with Austin Ramirez. But, hey, we think we have really good receivers. Why don't we just start throwing it up to them? Deegan Hale, Javante King, let's give them the ball. And so that's you saw Blackfoot's offense start to open up a little bit. They started to hit their receivers, make some big plays, and all of a sudden, you know, the tide started to turn, the momentum shift. Blackfoot's defense was playing pretty physical. Snake River, you know, struggled in the red zone. And then it flipped, and Blackfoot scores 35 unanswered points and wins the game by a, you know, a healthy margin. Yeah, and of course, uh, we have to talk about the catch that Javante yeah. King made. Um, describe describe to our listeners slash viewers, if they haven't seen it yet, what happened. Yeah. So they were, I think it was a second down play. I think they were on the 39-yard line, and it was a tie game. So, you know, pretty important possession. They had got moved back a little bit. And Javante King is this six-foot-four lengthy athlete who's just unreal i remember first seeing him in basketball season and i couldn't believe that he was a sophomore last year the way he moves how physical he is um how long his strides are it was just so impressive then his understanding of like how to use his body you see it in basketball when he gets in the paint he understands you know how to move up how to grab a rebound all that stuff so he wasn't getting a ton of action in the first half i don't know if it's snake river's off or defense just had him keyed down or if they couldn't get him the ball, whatever. Anyway, on this play, he, you know, he streaks down the sideline. He's got his defender beat, but the, the pass is a little underthrown. I mean, he could have easily, you know, done the Willie Mays basket catch and had an easy touchdown pass a little underthrown. So all of a sudden right around the goal line, he's got to twist his body 180 degrees. So now he's looking at the quarterback. His defender is still like looking at him. And so his defenders, you know, hanging on him. He's looking back at the quarterback and all of a sudden jumps backward and like almost makes an Odell catch. His arm is completely outstretched. And then he catches it just one-handed, pops it up in the air as he's falling, and then grabs it and puts it into his stomach. I mean, it was just – there were so many moving parts, and I couldn't believe he he actually reeled it in. I just saw the flags come down. It really couldn't even tell that he caught it until the ref signaled something. Yeah, it was wild. And if you go to Jordan's Twitter account at uh, at uh, Jordan K underscore 23, you've got some video of the catch. But then also the Idaho State Journal, yeah. uh, Kyle, Kyle Riley got a really nice action shot. Yeah, of that catch and we well. had a uh, shout out to the Snake River coach for letting me uh, uh, film off his iPad because he had it. I was like, wow, can I see that, man? And he's like, yeah, sure. It was incredible. It was yeah, uh, yeah, Sports Center top ten. Yeah, for sure. Play of the year, maybe, uh, for the Blackfoot oh, Broncos. Yeah. So they're they're one and two. They finally get their first win. Snake River, when you look at when you look at this district uh for three A football, you've got Snake River at one and two. Mm-hmm. You have Marsh Valley at one and two, and you have American Falls at 0 and three. I yeah. still I still think that. Snake River and Marsh Valley, it's too even to call. I think both of those teams are really good. They've played really challenging schedules, and that's why they're both one and two. They've each played West Side. Yeah. So I think it's gonna just come down to that game. You're right. Um, you looked at last year, and I know they both all those teams in that conference, I believe, are like three and six or something. They all finished the season three and six somehow. And you look at it, you're like, oh man, this conference just isn't very good. What happened is they just played a lot of tough teams, and you know. 
both all of them lost close games and they were in a lot of them. And that's when you, you look at a three-team conference and you can look at all these non-conference games. Realistically, none of them really matter. You can talk about the max prep stuff and all that, but you win the American Falls game and then you win, you beat the you know March Valley slash Snake River, you're in the playoffs. I mean, that's all that matters. It's just going to come down to that game. So, you know, as much as we want to you know, overanalyze all these past games, it's just going to come down to that. But yeah, right now from everything I've seen, it seems like the Snake River and March Valley are pretty even. Yeah, I mean, I can't even use the common opponent of Westside to really gauge because neither one of them scored against the Pirates. The, the Pirates yeah. haven't, haven't given up any scores since that Firth game back in week one. Yeah, which just shows you how good Firth is. I know they beat uh, Bear Lake at Holt Arena. They're really good. Yeah, it's neither of them look very good against Westside, and they've looked really good in every other game. So it's so hard to tell. Yeah, so Marsh Valley uh, gets shut out by Westside, twenty-eight to nothing. American Falls dropped a, a, a close game to Filer, twenty-eight wow. to fourteen. They're still trying to to find out uh, what kind of team they have. They've got a young squad, a lot of freshmen and sophomores on that American Falls team. So, all right, two yeah. A. Let's talk about Westside. They yeah. win twenty-eight to nothing, continuing to roll. And I, I'm kind of looking now more to the rest of the con. Like I know Westside's good. The question yeah. is. Who is who's second banana in that league? Is it Aberdeen? I don't know. They played pretty well against South Fremont, but fell 34 to 16. Is it Bear Lake? Well, they just got trounced by Firth 45 to 8. Malad, we that new coach. How are they gonna do? Well, they struggled, and, and Malad ended up falling last week to North Fremont 54 to 8. So to me, I, it's still kind of wide open beyond West Side at the top. A hundred percent. Yeah. You have the West side and I think everyone thought they were the lock in this season. Then they have a close game at Firth, and all of a sudden everyone questions that for a second, like, okay, the door open a little bit. Can someone sneak through? And for a little bit, I think we all thought it was Aberdeen. They just play one of the better games I've seen all season against American falls in week one. I think they were right around the rankings. um, If not just on the outside, and since then, they've lost two really close games against good teams. And you start to look at Aberdeen, and it's like, okay, were they just good against a, an American Falls team that struggled this season? Were they just playing good opponents? Or, you know, were we thinking too highly of them? Or, you know, maybe they were just just had two down weeks. And so that's going to be a tough one. Same thing for Bear Lake is, you know, they still have a dynamic offense. They've got a quarterback who's shown that he can, you know, chuck the ball as good as anyone in the, the conference. But – yeah, they lose to a, a first team who hasn't been uh, stopped much this season. So, yeah, it's tough to tell. And then you've got other other teams hanging around. I don't think Soda Springs played this last week, but, you know, they they snuck into the playoffs last year and upset Aberdeen. So it's so wide open. It's so hard to tell. Yeah, it, it'll be fun once they actually get into conference play yeah. here uh, and starting be, in two weeks. Yeah, and it'll be weird to, or fun to see if they all beat up on each other or if, you know, one of them emerges as, you know, the, the clear number two team. Right. For sure. And then at the one, a level, we only had a couple of games in um, five or in the uh, district five ranks. I think probably yeah. the biggest one was grace going to raft river. Grace is a team that's trying to yeah. contend in district five this year, but they lose 44 to 12, but that's, I mean, raft river wins, I mean, a lot of games are really good. Yeah. And then uh, the other game that was really interesting to me was Rockland. You know, they yeah. were 2-0 and 
uh, hosting Butte County. Now, Rockland is a 1A D2 school. Butte County is yeah. a 1A D1. And they fell 56 to 12. But I'm not I'm not sure that really tells us anything about Rockland because I think Butte County is actually really, really good. No. I, yeah, I think Butte County has been in my rankings every week. And Rockland's got one of the better offenses in that classification. They've got Gavin Perman at quarterback, who's fantastic. Teague Matthews is a plus six foot plus receiver who can go up and get anything. And they've got a pretty good defense. The thing is, you start to look at one AD two, and all these teams from around here have just really struggled against the upper echelon of one AD two. I think it was uh, North Gem lost to Carey um, mm-hmm. by a couple scores, and then Butte County, which has been ranked what fourth, third in in that classification. Rockland struggles incredibly against them. Um, so it's tough to tell, like, how are they, you know, is it, are these Rockland and North Gem teams, can they compete in the playoffs? Or, you know, are these, those upper echelon, the the carry, the prairie or whatever, are they that much better? And I, that's what we're going to have to find out these next couple of weeks. Yeah, so it's it's uh, really interesting in that 1AD2 Rocky Mountain Conference. It certainly looks like North Gem and Rockland are going to be the two teams that are duking it out they're they're so totally opposite stylistically right rockland likes to spread the ball out and, and yeah. throw it around and north gem you know if they attempt five passes in a game something's probably gone terribly wrong because they yeah. just line up and run the ball and say stop us if you can in that carry yeah. game they rushed for over 500 yards as a team and yeah Roger hatch is such a good rusher so well, yeah brett yost had almost 200 yards too yeah he was yeah so I think that's we we know North Gem and Rockland are going to be good, and we know they're going to be playoff teams. But you're right. The question is, are they a first, second weekend type team, or are they a Final Four type team? And so I still think North Gem uh, is a little bit ahead of Rockland in terms of Final Four potential. But yeah, um, I, I think both teams are capable of it. But they're they're going to have to adjust a few things, especially defensively, if they want to advance. So yeah, I guess the thing for Rockland's credit, Butte County is a one A D one team. Right. More more kids, you know, more obviously probably more talent. So. That's not as bad of a loss. And then Kerry has just been a, a you know, juggernaut in 1AD2. So even that North Gem loss isn't too bad. So, yeah, I think they're they're both going to be in contention. But, you know, like you're saying, are these going to be just teams that kind of fizzle out in the first weekend? Or, you know, can they win a couple of games in the playoffs? And that that I don't know if we've seen yet. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's preview what's coming up this week. Sure. We kind of talked about Highland and, and Pocatello already in, in the yeah. Black and Blue Bowl and Holt Arena. Uh, on IdahoSports.com, Friday afternoon slash evening, I guess you want to call it, we're actually going to be uh, bringing you the broadcast of Grace as they travel to Water Springs, which oh. is in, in Idaho Falls. And so that'll be a fun matchup, 1AD1 Grace against 1AD2 Water Springs. Grace at 0-3, this could be a great opportunity for the Grizzlies to get their first win of the season. Yeah, and they lost a lot last year. Gage Stoddard, Trey Draper's gone. Their, their coach, Brandon Sanchez, retired. They've got a new guy, uh, James Newby, at the helm. And, you know, they – I think they had a chance to win that North Jam game in week one and Bridger has threw a touchdown at the last second. And, you know, that's a tough one to recover from, but water Springs is a good team. I think grace though, you know, can get that win. Yeah. I think they're, they're uh, better than their record indicates. And so people look at grace go and three, no big deal. They're, they're not a bad team. That's for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, so we'll have video coverage of that game at four o'clock on Friday from Water Springs on IdahoSports.com. The other game in District Five we're going to be broadcasting Friday night is I think it might be the best game in the state. Uh, yeah. Cole Valley Christian traveling to Dayton to take on Westside. These are a pair of three and O teams. Westside number one in the polls. Cole Valley Christian number five. Yeah, and this could be a potential playoff preview as well. Yeah, the interesting thing tracking Cole Valley is. They didn't start the season in the rankings. And, you know, when teams don't start the season in the rankings, I think a lot of people are, you know, hesitant to move them up. Like, okay, you know, let's wait a little bit. Are, is this team for real? And Cole Valley, I mean, the last three weeks have just shown that they are so much better than people thought. They're putting up big numbers. They're scoring a lot of points. And they're not allowing a ton. And, you know, you look at that first West Side game. I don't know if it's going to be that close. But, man, I think West Side is going to have their hands full. Yeah, I think so too. Cole Valley has a really good quarterback, Carter Fortin, um, and some good receivers to throw to. Their defense is really solid as well. Cole Valley last week, Jordan, uh, their their originally scheduled game got canceled. They were they were supposed to play, and their opponent ba- backed out. And so at the last minute, they picked up a game with Fruitland, which is a three A school, yeah. and uh, and won that game with basically no time to prep. That this was like a Thursday. Hey, yeah. let's play Fruitland. We're going to play them tomorrow. And for them to come out and win was really impressive. I knew they beat Fruitland. I did not know it was on like no time to notice. That makes it even more impressive. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was wow. uh, Fruit Fruitland's opponent canceled on them as well. So they both got together and said, "Hey, let's just meet up and play and see what happens." So that's awesome. Yeah. For sure. All right. So that's going to be seven o'clock Friday night on IdahoSports.com. Cole Valley Christian at Westside. I will be there with Sean Kane to broadcast that game on IdahoSports.com. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. The other big matchup, I think, well, let's just keep it in two a because uh, we talked about how we want conference play to start. It finally does. Aberdeen is going to travel to Soda Springs. So that will be a good uh, conference opener for each of those teams. Yeah. Uh, Aberdeen, obviously, they've got, you know, Brody Beck at quarterback, Kale Adamson at tailback. And then Soda Springs has one of the better athletes in 2A and uh, Tug Cap, also the best name by far. Uh, he's their quarterback. He puts up a ton of ton of rushing yards, ton of passing yards, and is just a dynamic athlete. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, Aberdeen's defense can stop him. Yeah, that'll be a great way to open the conference slate there. Uh, otherwise, Malad is hosting West Jefferson in a non-conference game, and Bear Lake is hosting Ryrie. Bear Lake should go to 2-2 two and two after that. Ryrie is a team that's struggling a little bit as of right now. Okay, 3A ranks. Here's the big game, Jordan. Marsh Valley is going to host Sugar Salem. Each of these teams are 1-2. and two. Uh, This is a good opportunity for Marsh Valley to, to make a statement on a statewide level. Yeah, the, the funny part about both teams being one and two is Marsh Valley's one and two looks a heck of a lot better than Sugar Salem's one and two. Marsh Valley loses at the last second to the Utah 2A state champion and their other losses, or the Utah 3A, their other losses to the Idaho reigning 2A state champion. Sugar Salem is the, the reigning 3A champs and they have just not met expectations this season. Everyone thought, this is by far the, the best team in 3A. They're going to roll to another title, all this. And, man, those first two weeks, I think, I think they were 0-2 and just did not look anything like the, the state title team. I know they lost a lot, but, you know, you think with some of these high school programs, it's more about reloading than rebuilding, especially ones that have such a history like Sugar Salem. And I think Marsh Valley, you know, you look at this game preseason, you 
didn't think they had a shot. And now it's like they're almost the favorites. Yeah, it's weird because now uh, I feel like the pressure is almost on Marsh Valley. Yeah. To, like Sugar comes in with no pressure. Nothing. Yeah, it's it's so funny how how quickly that can swing and and turn on a dime like that. Uh, the other three A games that we have: American Falls is hosting Parma. That's a pair of zero and three teams. Parma is a program that really struggles here. So this, okay. I mean, American Falls could get a nice win here because Parma's wow. Parma's just really in a tough spot sure. as as a program. So. Uh, yeah, because there's no Snake River game, is there? Uh, nope. And then Snake River has the uh, the night off. So, uh, and then and then in the four A ranks, uh, we talked about Pokey uh, playing uh, Highland in the Black and Blue Bowl. Pre- Preston, you know, we didn't really talk about their game. Preston uh, was playing Bonneville, and they got out to a twenty eight to nothing lead, and Bonneville almost came back and tied it. Yeah, uh, Preston held on to win twenty eight to twenty one, and this Indians team, Jordan, I guess they just don't know any other way. It's got to be a close heart stopping game they they just try and make everything so close which is so why it's so hard to get a gauge on them they're not like some of these other you know teams in the rankings that are just blowing out people i think it's probably why they've only got one vote is like they make every game so close props to them though for pulling it out their quarterback emery thorson has been fantastic all season long he's been playing actually been playing um tailback brecker nap's been a quarterback most of the time they're both racking up a, a ton of yards and so th- that offense is fantastic, but late in games, I mean, they pull it out, but man, they just make it, you know, not <laughs> a little too close. Yeah. A three and one start for Preston. They finally have a week off because they played in week zero. So a one point win over Lakeland, yeah. a uh, seven, well, 15 to six. What's that? 11 and 11 Shelley. point loss to Shelly, a one point win over star Valley. And then a seven point win over Bonneville. Almost every game has been one possession or less. So yeah. And that Shelly team that they lost to moved into the rankings. So that, that loss looks better every week. Yeah, I, w- I was at the Shelly game last week uh, broadcasting. They played Jerome and and ran away 49 to 7. Shelly's good. They're a good team. So that's, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that loss for Preston. So they finally have the week off. Century, a tough matchup. They're playing Idaho Falls. And this isn't the same Idaho Falls team from last year that uh, went winless and generally was overmatched. This is a team that's 3 and 0, including 1 and 0 in their conference. It's going to be another tough battle for Century. Yeah, I, I don't know if Bruin Fleischman's going to be back, but. If he's not, you're going to look at a lot of the the younger guys to step up. Like, you know, McKean Romero is obviously the, the senior, but uh, Jake Rawlings at receiver, a couple of their other playmakers, they've got to, you know, kind of step up. And the offensive line has got to give him time, McKean time to, to throw the ball. Yeah, for sure. So that's the football slate on tap for well, this week. You missed uh, Blackfoot at Skyline. Oh, right, right, right. So so I don't ever think of it uh, black because here's this the funny part. Sense, yeah. Yeah, so Blackfoot's District 6, but they are part of what you cover uh, with that the Idaho true. State that Journal. Is, that is District 6 one. Yes. You're right. But, but that would be we'll, fun. let's talk about it real quick because this is a big game. This These are the two teams that were the preseason favorites in the coaches' poll, one and two. It's like kind of a bummer that they're playing so early on in the season. Yeah, you were hoping that this could be a, a late one when it actually matters. But Skyline coming off a not a bad loss, but a loss nonetheless. Blackfoot coming off a really, you know, enthusiastic win. Both teams are kind of trending in opposite directions. Can Blackfoot, you know, pull the upset? Can their playmakers do enough to stop that vaunted skyline offense? And that that's just going to be so fun to see. It'll be a great litmus test for that Broncos team 
you know, how good are they? Were those first two close losses, you know, really just kind of a fluke and this, this will, this will prove it. Yeah, for sure. And again, that's a matchup of two teams that are one and two. There's so many teams, Jordan, that are one and two right now that I thought that that you thought would be better coming into the season. But like we talked about with the Max Preps ratings, gone are the days where you're just going to go nine and oh and schedule a bunch of cupcakes. I think teams are learning yeah. that, hey, we need to challenge ourselves with the schedule. And if we're sitting at one and two after three games, that's OK. We're, we're fine with that. Yeah. Schedule it early, though. You know, yeah. schedule those tough games early, try and learn from them. And I think a lot of ADs are starting to, or coaches are telling their ADs, hey, we need to, we need to really broaden our range. If we've got to go to Wyoming or go to Utah to get some crazy team, like, let's do it. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's the football slate for this weekend. I was going to ask you as uh, you're getting uh, like soccer and volleyball results uh, nightly yeah. for the Idaho State Journal. Is there anybody that's really standing out to you uh, in District 5? Uh, the Highland girls soccer team is undefeated right now. I know Sadri Bell is a senior who is just fantastic forward. She scores an incredible amount of goals. Every night it seems like she's posted one or two. She was uh, you know, close to you know one of the better players in the area last year. It's only stepped up her game this season. Um, trying to think who else. I believe the Snake River. Let me look at this. I know I know the Pocatello boys soccer team is doing really well this year. Also, Pocatello boys soccer. Yeah, there's a, you know, I'm trying to remember. George Ashby, he's been there for a ton of years. And he said that, you know, last season you started to see the effects of the boundaries go in. And they started to actually get players who, you know, had soccer experience it wasn't they were just throwing them out on the the pitch and being like all right guys you know figure it out it was like these these guys you know they were finding soccer players who played you know 12 months a year and just made such a difference I'm trying to think the other ones uh marsh valley girls soccer six oh and two um you know volleyball you know american falls pocatello uh blackfoot highland they've all looked pretty good this year so Still yeah. early in the season, still a lot to figure out. There's um, a lot of these coaches are scheduling <laughs> tough games, so it's kind of tough to tell. And with volleyball too, they're playing these, you know, tournaments and try matches where they're going to different schools on the same night. And it's, I don't know, it's tough to gauge exactly. They're trying to get as many matches as they can early on, and once district right. play rolls around, you'll start to know so much more. Yeah, I will say one volleyball team I've kind of kept an eye on is Grace Lutheran. Uh, they're a one A yeah. school in Pocatello, private uh, religious school, and they're they're doing pretty well in volleyball. They're holding their own. They went to a tough tournament in Utah a couple weeks ago, and uh, keep an eye on the Grace Lutheran Royals. I would say shout out uh, uh, Coach uh, Ryan Strello, just killing it over there. <laughs> I know they he took over the program. And they had like very limited wins, and I think uh, last season he you know led them to more wins combined than they had in their you know, previous history. So yeah, shout out him. I know he's doing a great job over there. Yeah. Fairly new school. And so, yeah, they were, had a lot of freshmen and sophomores that are now juniors and seniors. So for yeah. sure. Okay. Also, I wanted to give a shout out real quick. We talked about uh, two weeks ago, how um, Highland high school had a national player of the week, right? Yes. On the, on the volleyball court. Yeah, that's right. So uh, for the second time in three weeks, Highland High School has a nationally uh, recognized player of the week. Ian Hershey, the kicker for Highland, yes. is the, the Coles National Player of the Week uh, for special teams. Yeah, that was what, two weeks ago? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah two uh, weeks ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, he hit like a 45, 43, 43, 29-yarder, hit all his extra points, 9 of 10 touchbacks. I mean, it's just such a weapon. You look at these other teams I've started to cover, they they don't feel comfortable about their field goal kicker when he's out there for an extra point. And Highland gets inside the 30, and they're like, all right, we got three points. We'll be all right. And it's going to be fun to see if that comes into play against Pocatello. I know Pocatello struggled a little bit in the kicking game, the last couple of weeks. And you would think that if any, the game gets close Highland trusty and Hershey enough, especially in the dome where I don't know if he's missed this season. Maybe one, oh, I think he missed once in the Rocky mountain game, but that was a long field goal. And so, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah. And so he's got an offer from Idaho state university. He went and visited Nevada last week. Yeah, I saw so, that. So man, ISU, we talk about, ISU, you got to get your in-state kids. This is a kid you got to get. You can't. I'd like. I, I understand the allure of playing uh, big-time Mountain West football, and you can't really compete with that. But it, but if they lose out on Ian Hershey to another FCS type school, that that's a bad look for ISU. I think. That would be rough. But look at you know Ian's Twitter. I mean, he's going to like Oregon State and Cal. You right. get one Pac-12 offer. A lot of times, uh, more follow, especially for kickers. You know, yeah. all it takes is one one big school to offer and others try and copy it. So, you know, if ISU loses out to him because he's going to a Pac-12 school or Mountain West, yeah, I don't think you can blame blame him there. Um, yeah. I, I would actually encourage him to probably go, go somewhere else, get as much notoriety, as much scholarship money as you can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, ISU in the running right now, but uh, yeah. lots of schools. Hard them to offer them early. I will say that. Yes, for sure. Exactly. All right, like that, you got to offer quick. That's right. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Southeast Idaho Prepcast. You can uh, get this podcast uh, audio only at our site idahosports.com also wherever you download your podcasts from uh, you can also uh, catch the video of this each week on the idahosports.com youtube channel as well as uh, the facebook page if you want to see the uh, arizona state sun devils flag in the background of uh, jordan's uh, setup rep repping those asu devils gotta go into provo this week that is going to be oh yeah. man there's a lot of BYU fans around here, and uh, yeah. they were pretty fired up after last week's win over Utah. So, if anyone's got the BYU ticket hookup, let me know. <laughs> there you go. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody could help you out for sure. So, all right. Well, we'll be back to talk more District 5 athletics next week on a new edition of the Southeast Idaho Prepcast right here on idahosports.com.